All right, Kyle, welcome to Taylor's Economic Journal. We're going to be going through a couple questions with you uh, to be able to talk about what you do here at the credit union a little bit and then dive into some questions that we have. Um, so the first part, what is your job title and what is your primary function here at the credit union? All right, pretty simple. Um, so I am the AVP of consumer lending here at UFIRST. Okay. Um, my primary responsibility is oversee consumer lending, whether that's processes, procedures, and the technology associated with that. Um, strive to provide the best processes for our members as well as the most competitive rates and oversee that portfolio in general, make sure it's risk appropriate and performing like we need it to. Okay. What is a consumer loan? You said consumer lending. What is that? Consumer lending is, is basically the loans you take out as an individual Okay. Um, besides a real estate loan. So we're okay. talking credit cards, auto loans, um, personal loans or unsecured loans. Okay. Um, I even oversee some student loans as well. Okay. I didn't know we offered student loans. All right. So, uh, if we were to give our members a 30 second tutorial on how we would like them to apply for a loan, what would that be? Well, it's really up to them. Um, for me, I would prefer you going online because you can do that anytime, whenever you want, wherever you want for the most part, because you've got a phone. You go online, uh, you click the button that says apply for a loan. You tell us what sort of a loan you want. We ask you some questions and then that gets submitted into our underwriting processes. Is that through the app that we have or the online banking portal? What's more efficient in your mind? Um, both of them. They're okay. great services and great opportunities to basically provide the information that we need to give you a loan. Okay. Um, over the last five years, there have been a pretty seismic shift. I'm going to re-ask that. Over the past five years, there's been a pretty seismic shift on how financial institutions take loan applications. You're talking about online services and what we've invested into that. What do you think of those changes and, and what changes have really taken place over that time period? That's a good question. Um, in my mind, we value our members and their time. Um, back when I started in the industry, you came into a branch and it was very much so dictated on when that branch was open and then when the employees were available to sit down with you. Good point. And now we say, hey, hey, when are you open? When mm -hmm. are you available? Get online, submit your information, and we'll contact you when it's best. Yeah. Yeah, that's interesting because I've been in uh, credit union lending since 2004. And so I've seen this big change where we've moved away from the branches and more to a technology-based application. In uh, going through that, I feel like we've lost kind of the personal touch with that. But mm -hmm. at the same time, I remember one financial institution I was working at where uh, Saturdays were really busy. We were open from nine until three, but I would be at the branch till four, four thirty with people coming in. There's still some stuff that people have to do uh, or is there stuff people have to do face to face or can it all be done via a computer online portal title? How does that stuff sort of work? Yeah, there's, there's a few things that may be more convenient in person, but we have created or we've utilized technology to basically say we can use your phone to do the entire process, which I agree with you. I, I started my credit union career and, and I was in a branch and it was slow for the most of the day, most of the time, um, but when five o'clock hit, mm -hmm. uh, we'd close the doors at 530, but I would have people sitting around for six, 37 o'clock waiting to talk to somebody. Mm -hmm. uh, now we've given people that opportunity 
to utilize technology, um, we can still go back to the old school mentality. If you want to sit down and talk to us in person, we're happy to do that. Um, but all the information can be transmitted through your electronic device, which is fantastic. And we value that, that personal contact. Um, there are a lot of institutions that will go 100% electronic and you never even have to talk to somebody. Mm -hmm. But I do agree that that personal touch, that communication with somebody is what a lot of our members and a lot of people want and need. Mm -hmm. um, and so we, we definitely value that contact point. It depends on the generation, it seems like, uh, of what they want. And nobody really wants that contact until they need that contact. And exactly. so it does set up kind of a, there's unintended consequences that I see with us moving to that where there's more convenient, there's not as much waiting, there's no waiting to do an application where 10 years ago you went into a branch, if there was five people already there, then you were waiting to just do the application. That has gone out the window. But kind of an unintended consequence could be that that personal touch may not be there as readily available as what you'd hoped in the past. Yeah, um, I think an important part of it is the education with it, especially you talk generational. Um, a lot of the, the new generation, the younger generation, they want everything electronic. They don't want to talk to somebody. Um, and then they get themselves in trouble with especially credit cards. Mm -hmm. It's really easy to get this, this credit card and never had to talk to anybody. And two years down the road, I'm in a lot of debt and yeah. I don't know how to handle it. And our, our branches, our employees, our loan processors like to have that conversation with somebody that, you know, you're getting a credit card. That's awesome. How do you use it? What are the concerns with overusing it? Um, and you can put yourself in a really bad situation if you don't really understand that process. And so even though some people don't like to talk to you, I think it's important to at least have that opportunity to educate our members on how to properly utilize debt. Debt's important. It's kind of the way the, the society we live in, you need it. But you need to utilize it properly or, geez, you, you could be paying for it for the rest of your life. I, I couldn't agree more. I, I talk to people about how important setting up a credit card and a line of credit is with an auto loan. So what I've seen and uh, in the past, and I haven't seen a lot of changes with it, if you set up a credit, or excuse me, if you set up just an auto loan, and get that auto loan as your only loan, when your credit score populates, you're probably gonna be populating in the 660s, 670s. If you get a line of credit and a credit card with it, don't use them at all, they're just open, you're gonna populate in the 720s. That 60 point gap is hard for people to overcome in a short period of time. It takes six months on average to be able to populate that credit score, but you could be two, three, four years down the road in trying to get that score to increase. And the difference between what your rate is when you initially get the loan and what it would be in six months at 660 compared to 720 could be hundreds if not thousands of dollars a year. So that education point is very important for people. Yeah, and, and we're throwing out lots of terms. You know, We're talking about overdrafts, lines of credit, credit cards, auto loans. Most of the population needs a little bit of education mm -hmm. on what these mean. and. And we're in this industry, we understand it. We talk about them all the time. Um, and to slow down and explain what each thing is. And these products are supposed to be and designed for a specific purpose. Mm -hmm. And if you don't understand that and you just go out and open a bunch of trade lines, you're gonna get yourself in trouble. But to your point, you know, a credit card and an overdraft line of credit, if used properly along with an auto loan, can save you a lot of money in the future when it comes to um, a, 
another auto loan yeah. or hopefully, you know, the American dream, buying a home. Absolutely. Credit's one of the biggest things, if not the biggest thing in driving what your rate's going to be on, on your mortgage. A couple more questions that I got for you here. Uh, what benefits does a member see when they are pre-approved for an auto loan before they go shopping at a dealership? Great question. Pre-approvals, it, it falls back to budgeting. You need to understand what you can buy. When we're talking auto loans, just the cost of an auto has just gone steadily up over the past few years. Mm -hmm. um, we're talking the average price of a, a new car. We're talking forty thousand mm -hmm. dollars, and that's mid-range vehicles, right? If you want a truck, it's so much more. If you want an SUV, so much more. Um, so you need to know what you're looking for. Oh, it's it's no fun going out and finding the car that you want, only to recognize that you can't afford it. Mm -hmm. So when you go and you get a pre-approval, basically it's saying, hey, here's my information. Would you give me a loan for that? And along with that loan, we give you the amount, we give you the rate, we give you your payment. And so you can look at it from your budget perspective and we're gonna underwrite it in a way that we're not going to put you in a situation that's hopefully going to cause you undue stress. Mm -hmm. It's debt, you're gonna to have to make a monthly payment, we understand. We don't want you to be in a situation where that's all you can afford. And so now with that information, with that knowledge, you can go out into the market and say, I can afford a $40,000 car. Mm -hmm. And I don't have to spend all that time finding a product or a, an auto only to, after the fact, go in and ask us for financing and we have to say no. Yeah. It's a lot of wasted time. Yeah, I agree with that. I think the big thing that you talked about was the budget and knowing that somebody could come in and we say, you can qualify for a $925 payment but can my monthly budget afford a $925 payment? So trying to match that up with what my budget is, what I would like it to be, and then knowing what the dollar amount equates to. So when I'm looking at, I'd like a $600 payment, how much can I be able to purchase for $600 a month on a five-year term, six-year term, uh, six-and-a-half-year term, or maybe even a seven-year term, depending if you're getting a new car or used car, just so that it can fit within your budget and what you're looking for to set you set yourself up for success. Yeah, that's exactly the the point. Um, we look at it, and we have guidelines to keep you in a certain box so that you're safe. And what most people don't recognize when they're in the middle of buying a car is, yeah, they look at that monthly payment and they say, yeah, I can I can afford that, and they forget some key things like I have to pay insurance for this. Mm -hmm. What's the cost of gas? Mm -hmm. um, and so we make sure that you can afford your monthly payment with those additional mm, things. Good point. Um, and it comes back to education and knowing these sort of things yeah. and giving you the tools to be the best consumer you can be. Excellent point. So uh, a survey I read recently talked about in 2023, 62% of people were pre-qualified for an auto loan uh, to go shopping. Uh, yet 53% of buyers still went through a financing option with the dealership. So why do 15% of buyers get pre-approved and then still get their financing through the dealership? So you have to understand what that, that statistic is saying. Um, they're not saying you're financed by the dealership. It's just through the dealership. Um, we have a lot of really great relationships with our dealerships in this community. Uh, and they provide a great service and a great benefit to the consumers. And what they have done is they partnered with us in a sense to say, instead of you as a consumer going to your credit union, then coming to the dealership, then going back to your credit union, and this playing this back and forth to get everything finalized, they act as a loan processor for us. And so they take a credit application and they submit it into us. 
And so that financing comes to us eventually, but it's processed through the dealership. Um, and we have an awesome service with our pre-approvals. We actually push that pre-approval to our dealer partners. Now they don't have access to every single pre-approval, but with certain validating information, our dealer partners can pull up your pre-approval at the dealership and have the application ready to go. They know what you're qualified for and they can make sure that the product that they're providing fits within your pre-qualification and your pre-approval. So to reiterate with what we were talking about, so you're pre-approved through the credit union, you go into the dealership, the dealership can help facilitate everything, everything from there that point on. So you don't have to go back to the credit union to finalize everything. You can finalize everything at the dealership. Precisely. Instead of closing and, and signing documents with the credit union, you're signing it at the finance manager's desk in the dealership. They wrap it up in a pretty bow. They electronically send that documents to us. We review them, make sure that it, it works, that you've signed all the places you need to. And we book that loan to your account here at the credit union. Excellent. All right, uh, what products do we offer members that are much cheaper than if purchased at the dealership? It's an interesting question because when you're looking at products, there are many products that we talk about. Uh, we call them back-end products. Um, and those products include things like GAP, which is a guaranteed asset protection, protects you against uh, depreciating value of the car and getting in a total loss accident. Um, another product is extended warranty, or debt protection, which is, um, without getting in too much detail, if you were to lose your job, if you were to get injured or disabled, or if, heaven forbid, you die or somebody on the loan dies, um, it will help you with that debt. And so those are all products that the dealership offers, as well as some additional products specific to the car or the auto, things like key replacement, um, dent and repair, uh, service contracts for oil changes, things like that. Um, and we offer products, they offer products, but these products differ in certain aspects. And so understanding what you're purchasing is key. We offer guaranteed asset protection for a uh, lesser price than a dealership. However, those coverages may be different in one way or another. Mm -hmm. Um, the key difference is most dealerships offer a gap coverage which can be canceled at any point for a prorated return, while the credit union offers a gap which costs less but has a 60-day cancellation or a 90-day cancellation. So the gap insurance could be cheaper through the credit union, but it, when you cancel it, it's, it's a one-time yeah. premium, where with the dealership you buy it, it may be a little bit more expensive, but when you cancel it, you get a prorated yeah. portion back. And it's, it's very specific to what they offer. And that's why it's so hard to say, hey, what product do we offer that's cheaper? Truth of the matter is that most of our products are cheaper. Mm -hmm. But is the coverage the same? And, and that's a hard conversation. And that's something the consumer needs to slow down and, and review. And it's really hard when you get in a dealership and they start throwing products at you. And usually it's a, a day-long ordeal and you just want to sign documents and yeah. get out of there, right? Um, but you know, we have some great products internally. Our GAP, we, we not only have the basic coverage with our GAP, which is if you get in a total loss, if your loan amount is more than what the insurance is gonna pay you for, you have to pay the rest somehow. Mm -hmm. And usually that's paying on that for the life of the loan or paying a lump sum. Yeah. GAP will cover that for you. Excellent. But on top of that, we have a GAP advantage, which basically says, hey, 
we'll also give you some money towards financing your next vehicle. Um, we have a different, uh, our, our gap also includes um, a product which will help you against depreciation of your, of your auto. So these are things you want to talk about, education. You know, we, we're here, we're having a quick conversation about it. Um, it's really sitting down with your loan processor, understanding the differences in products and what fits you best. Mm -hmm. The key for us is providing you the best service and the best products for you personally. So our product might not be the best for you, though we're pretty confident it is. Excellent. Um, what, are some, what are some products that members can be able to, we, we've touched on some of them before, but what are some products that members, it would be good for them to know about it prior to getting into a situation where they're under the gun, possibly at the dealership, uh, to avoid some pitfalls, some things that you see where people are like, I, I can't believe I did that. Sure. Guaranteed asset protection or gap insurance is something that will always be um, in the conversation when purchasing an auto. Mm -hmm. um, understanding what that's for and what it's designed for is key. Um, a dealership's going to bring it up and understanding what the cost is because unfortunately there are a few bad apples in the game and that's key for anything. Mm -hmm. um, and they may be trying to get a higher profit than what's Probably fair, and so understanding what that product is and what the overall cost for that product is. Um, warranties, understanding what extended warranty is being sold, what it covers, what it doesn't cover, and the overall cost. There's a lot of great warranties out there, but you need to understand what it's costing and what it's covering before you purchase that. And a dealer, a dealer does a great work. They're going to provide you everything that they have to offer. Um, and it's your responsibility as a consumer to understand those. Um, dealers are also going to offer coverages that protect the actual car, like dent and repair, um, windshield repair, service agreements for oil changes or any other services, um, key replacement. What's the cost of replacing a key on your own? And what's the cost of financing it mm -hmm. and having that protection over the life of the vehicle? That makes sense. Yeah. Um, Okay, so I, I was looking at some stats and it, it talked about uh, year by year, uh, the average auto loan has been increasing by about three and a half percent. So it said 3.6% is what the average auto loan uh, has been increasing year by year. Oh, in 2023, it's only up about 1.9% from 2022. What would you attribute that number being almost half of what it has been in the past five years? So we're going to have to cut here because I'm not quite sure what they're Say, tell me the statistic again. So, so understand. year by year, the average auto loan's been increasing. I'm going to be able to get over this way. Uh, year by year, the average auto loan's been increasing 3.6 percent. So from 2020 to 2021, it was 3.6 percent higher. Uh, from 2022 to 2023, it's only about 1.9 percent higher. So what it's showing is that the auto loan increase in terms of what the total loan amount is, is not as high as it has been year by year in terms of growth. Mm. It still is higher. What do you see in lending right now that's, or is there a difference that you're seeing in lending right now that could possibly be caused by COVID or um, over borrowing during COVID, which I saw a lot of, is it the economy being a little bit tighter? What, what do you think has been, what's caused that? I think the economy being tighter is definitely involved in that. We have high interest rates right now, which also um, has a big play in that number. Um, with high interest rates, payments go up. With high payments, people can't afford things. Mm -hmm. um, 
manufacturers want to sell cars. Yeah. And they need to make sure that it, the supply and the demand matches what's out there. Um, well, you mentioned something real quickly, not to cut you off there, but I didn't even think about this aspect, is that it's possible that people are buying cars that could be at an MSRP more expensive. However, the car company is selling it for less, and that could be one of the reasons why the percentage in terms of auto loan is not as high. Yeah, uh, they manufacturers have quotas, dealerships have quotas, and they need to sell vehicles, and they utilize a lot of tactics to to do that. Um, and they have, they need to understand what the consumer is facing. Mm -hmm. And right now, high interest rates means high monthly payments, and a lot of consumers find that difficult. There's a lot of cash buyers right now that don't finance anymore. Um, supply chains are getting better, but at the same time, the economy ultimately dictates the cost of those vehicles mm -hmm. and the consumer's ability to pay. That makes sense. Um, I had a question and it disappeared and it was a good question. <laughs> um, I have forgot what that was. Okay. It'll come back to you. Um, all right. One thing I'm noticing in uh, conversations that I'm having with individuals in terms of their homes is that they use the term golden handcuff. They feel that they are trapped in their home because their interest rates are so low. It's a good problem mm -hmm. to have. I don't know anybody that's complaining about having an interest rate at 2.75%. However, there is a unintended consequence or a byproduct of having that where they feel that they can't move out of their home because they've become accustomed to the payment that goes along with that. Have you seen that in conversations with people with their auto loans? Uh, that they feel that getting out of a rate, it seemed like rates were in the twos, three percent range for a decade. And then we've seen a massive increase in the rates over the past 18 months. Are you seeing people that want to stay in their cars or are making decisions to stay in their cars due to the interest rate? I think we are. And I think that's smart for a consumer. Um, golden handcuff is an interesting phrase. And, and I agree. Uh, there's a lot of people that would like to get into a newer car right now, but they're looking at the interest rate and the cost of purchasing, um, and it's scary. We get conversations with members that, that say, hey, no, I'm supposed to be getting a 3% interest rate. I have phenomenal credit. Mm -hmm. And it's like, unfortunately, interest rates are in the 7% right now. Yeah. Um, and they look at it and they go, do I really need that new car right now? Mm -hmm. um, it's difficult for those consumers that have to buy a car right now. Um, cars, transportation, essential. Mm -hmm. And so they might get stuck um, with a higher interest rate. The good news about interest rates, though, they're not going to stay high forever. Yeah. And it's really easy to modify an auto loan to get a better rate in the future. Talk about that real quick, because that's not something that I envisioned us talking about, but I'm glad you brought it up. If somebody wants to modify their loan, their, let's say that their rates have increased, uh, or excuse me, they get into a loan and the rate is a little bit higher, rates come down 2%. How do they go about modifying that loan or is there a full refinance that's done to that loan? Um, we have a couple options and one is a modification and one is a refinance and it depends what the consumer needs. Um, a modification would be a simple loan application where we do pull credit because we need to understand where you are in the situation and reassess your risk. Um, and then we have you sign a document that basically says, hey, I exact same terms in every aspect, the amount of months I'm going to pay but you're going to agree to lower my rate to what the market rate is today. 
and you sign that document, we update your rate, and voila, that's it. Did you say if you update the rate that the payment will decrease, or the payment remains the same? The payment will decrease with it. Okay. Which is which is great for a lot of a lot of our members, and so that's the the benefit and joy of an auto loan is it's really easy and convenient to modify. So it sounds like the only thing that changes from a modification to a refinance is the term of the loan. Exactly. So if you want to refinance it, and there's a potential of taking cash out if you've happen to uh, have some equity in that vehicle you can utilize somewhere else. Um, or if you want to finance back-end products in, in this situation right now. Um, but then we can look at the loan in full and say, hey, do you want to extend your term to even lower your payments more? Or are you just looking for that rate decrease? Great, both great options. Uh, once again, depending on your personal situation. And that's, and that's why we've we come back to education and having a conversation with somebody that understands the industry and what you're going through and then sh you being willing to share what you're going through and what your situation is. Credit unions, you first, we pride ourselves in doing what's best for the member. And that takes some communication sometimes. Mm -hmm. uh, but if you're willing to have it, we'll, we'll take care of you. Yeah, I was thinking the same thing when you were talking about that education and being able to have a conversation with the member. Um, so let's go back to something that we talked about earlier because I think it'd be important to uh, specify in this. When a person applies online, when does the communication person to person start? I fill out an application online, I fill it on uh, with my app or on the online services. When do I start to have that communication with an individual so that we can be able to uh, start the education process if it's needed? Sure. So what generally happens with an, an online application is that gets created within our, our LOS, our lending operation system, and that goes to a, one of our processors. Um, and they pull it up, and the great part of that is you can tell us what time is best for you to con be contacted, and they'll reach out to you. Um, they'll also look at the application and say, do we have enough information that I can send it right over to the underwriter right now and be able to call you with a decision? Um, depending on what the application looks like, is kind of, it basically dictates where that application goes right off the bat. Mm -hmm. um, whether that goes to an underwriter for a decision first or whether that means a phone call comes right then and there. And we're not just talking phone calls, we're talking potential text messages, we're talking emails, whatever works best for that consumer, for that member, is the process that will go. So you could expect a phone call as quickly as within 10 minutes of that application going in. It's also dictated on how busy it is, what time of day it is, all that fun stuff. But um, we pride ourselves in getting back to members as quickly as possible and in the best channel. Excellent. Um, do you have any data that suggests that people are staying in their auto loans longer than they have in the past? Or are we too, is it too, um, are we too close to everything that's taking place to see abnormal behavior or a change in behavior? I think it's still too soon. We look at it from a portfolio perspective and we see most people stay within their auto loan about 27 to 33 months. Now, real quickly, um, let me ask you a question on that because I talk about that with, with homes as well. So most people will stay in a, in a loan, a mortgage loan, uh, for 48 months, 48 to 60 months. However, they stay in that home for 84 to 90 months. So those are two separate things mm -hmm. with how long they're in the loan 
and how long they're in the home. Is that the same thing that you are talking about with a car? Yeah. So the loan lasts 27 to 33 months. That means you could either pay off and now own that car outright. You could trade it in and go to a new vehicle. Um, so we don't really know how long somebody's keeping that vehicle or what it's being used for. We just know that loan's lasting mm -hmm. for about you know, 27 to 33 months. Um, but we're too close to this high rate scenario where we go, Jesus, that's going to push members or consumers into keeping their auto loans for a longer time period. Um, people don't want to refinance a vehicle right now with a 7% interest mm -hmm. when they're sitting at an interest rate of, you know, three and a quarter, yeah. 3.74. I would imagine lower rates bring some complacency or they're just not as worried about the rate when you have an individual who is at 3% about possibly refinancing, getting, getting at 2.79. But when you have a person that could be at 7.39, I would imagine that they are a little bit more conscious of possible lower rates so that they can be able to get into a better scenario. Would you agree with that? Yeah, I would agree. Um, and going back to the previous conversation about people paying off loans, you know, if you're getting five and a half percent on a certificate of deposit, why are you going to use that money to pay off a loan that's mm -hmm. at an interest rate of 2.79 or something yeah. like that? Um, so in the long run, we could see loan terms going out longer or at least people staying in the loans longer because what's the point of paying it off Absolutely. at this point? Yeah. Yeah. Letting your money work for you a little bit better. Um, what do you think the long-term effects can or Um, let me see if I, how I could ask this a little bit different. Okay. What are the long-term effects do you see of members possibly over borrowing because money was so cheap during the pandemic? What are some things that you could be able to seek that could be able to linger in your personal opinion? Oh, money was pretty cheap and it was easy to get it. And now we're seeing members in tough situations where, you know, geez, things at the grocery store are costing so much more. Your, your dollars going, geez, it's just being, you know, divided amongst so many different things. And suddenly that auto payment of $500 is much more difficult to handle from a budget perspective. Um, I totally forgot the question. Oh, I, I can ask it again because <laughs> oh, what are the long-term effects do you think that are going to be present from people over borrowing due to the pandemic? Sure. Uh, money was really cheap back in the day um, and it was easy to get a loan and a lot of people thought things were going to be good for a long time. It doesn't always happen like that. And a lot of people have gotten themselves into situations where they could handle the payment um, and now they can't. So from a portfolio standpoint, we're seeing delinquencies go up. We're seeing people that are having difficult pain, time making their payments, even having to have their vehicles repossessed, which we don't want to see. Mm -hmm. um, but we do have a responsibility to the rest of our membership base to stay in a good situation. Mm -hmm. um, and so we offer services, um, counseling, education. We go back to education a lot. Um, if you're in a tough situation to make that payment, give us a call. We'll, we have options. We have uh, abilities to skip a pay if certain requirements are met to put you in a situation that you can make your payment. Um, the good thing is vehicle values are still pretty high. 
which means if you're in a bad situation, chances are you can sell that vehicle. Mm -hmm. That may mean you need to downsize. That may mean you need to not be in the car of your dreams anymore. Yeah. But put yourself in a good situation, understanding what the budget constraints are today. Um, people were spending a lot of money when, when COVID was around um, and saving a lot of money. And there were certain government um, implications that made it easy to spend and easy to save. Um, and now with inflation where it is um, and the constraints of the economy, it's tough right now. And we understand that, but you know, that's why understanding and having that education, putting yourself in a situation that is correct, even when times are good, to understand that I need to be in a good situation when times are bad as well. Yeah, one of the things that I talk to people about right now, and they have to get over the mental hurdle with that golden handcuff with the, with the rate, is that a lot of times when we're looking at a total financial uh, picture is not only looking at what your rate is on your mortgage and on your auto loan, but what do you have on credit card debt? And where are those rates? What do you have on personal loans? And what are those rates? You may have an auto loan that's at 3.25% or 2.79%. But if you've got $4,000 on a credit card and you've got a $2,000 personal loan and that credit card might be at 18%, the personal loan at 12%, when we look at the total interest that you're paying per month, it's going to be quite high. And so if we could be able to repackage that into the auto loan, you are going to lose that lower rate. But as you're talking about, rates are at 7%. It's much better to be paying 7% on some money rather than 18. Do you find that people are aware that they can be able to utilize the equity in their vehicles much like they can with a, a, a home? It's just not as large scale because when we're talking about the average home price being 600000 in Salt Lake County, but you're talking about home value, or excuse me, uh, auto value still being high, are people aware that they can repackage that debt and use that equity to their benefit? You know, some of our consumer base does and some of the consumer base doesn't. And that's, that's a conversation that I think people need to understand. Um, you bring up a great point just because um, your auto loans at a low rate, but you're also paying $5,000 on a credit card that's at a high rate. Combining those two into one simple auto loan payment is very beneficial from a budget standpoint as mm -hmm. well as in the long run could save you money. Um, but yeah, that's definitely something we can look at. Um, one of the things we do associated with an auto loan is we pull your values and um, we can give you ideas that say, hey, you have a credit card. You know, can, we, can we take that balance and put it in this auto loan and, and wrap it up in a pretty bow and give you a great payment um, and save you some money in the long run? You um, talked about how people can apply for uh, an auto loan at the beginning of this, that they can just go to the online services or the app. How does somebody have a conversation about their financial situation? What's the best way for them to be able to go about that just to have a conversation to find out, am I in the best possible position with the current debt load that I have? Yeah, you can reach out to our lending call center, which will have these conversations and, and look at your situation. That doesn't mean you have to actually apply. We don't actually have to pull your credit and look at it. You can give us some basic information and we can give you a, a ballpark conversation. Now, if you want to get into the nitty gritty of it, we do need to pull credit. We do need to have an application because we don't really know what your situation is without that information. Um, a lot of times our loan processors will look at a, an application, say, for a signature loan. We get a lot of signature loan requests, and that basically is an unsecured loan where we give you a dollar figure. Mm -hmm. And most of the time it is to bring debt together, mm -hmm. pay off some credit cards, pay off another debt. And if we have your credit report, we can see that you have an auto loan, and we should ask the question hey, that auto loan is only X dollars. 
can you give me some information on that auto loan? Let me pull a value of it and tell you what your equity is. And with that information, we can go, okay, you want to pay off X, Y, and Z. Let's put it in this auto loan and save you some long-term interest, as well as giving you some flexibility from a budget standpoint. I'm a strong believer that credit cards should be used cautiously, but can be used. Mm -hmm. um, credit cards really hurt when you have a large balance. Yeah. That's where you start losing a lot of money for interest and handicapping yourself in the future. Um, let's let it... I don't really want to use the word handicapping, so I'm going to, That's okay. I'm going to rewind there. But basically, you don't want to utilize your credit card to put yourself in a bad situation for the future. So let's let's put it on an installment-based loan. Credit cards can go on forever. Yeah. An auto loan, we're going to give you a set term. And when that's done, your balance is going to be zero. You're done with it. Mm -hmm. Car's yours. You don't have any more debt. I find that credit card debt is the easiest way that people get into financial trouble because it just slowly can be able to happen and there's not a jolt in the payment. So if I borrow during this holiday season $2,500 to be able to take care of everything, I may see my payment that happens in January or February, but it's not that much. And then maybe if I add another couple thousand dollars, all of a sudden I've added $5,000 to my debt load and my payment may only be $75 more a month. But when I look at how long it's going to take, me to pay that off on that minimum payment we're talking as long as a mortgage and that's if we can even get there depending on what the rate is so when we're looking at what we can be able to do to help people in terms of the credit card i loved personal loan applications because that told me somebody's reaching out to me to ask for a dollar amount of money and i'm going to put them in a much better financial position uh, than they're in right now because we can be able to utilize all these different tools that they aren't aware of. Yeah, and, and we come back to an auto if it has some equity in there. What a, such a better situation than an unsecured loan because you're talking interest rates. Mm -hmm. If we're giving you a loan without any, in a sense, skin in the game, any collateral to go after if potentially things go bad, um, our interest rate's going to be much higher than if things go bad and we can at least go collect a vehicle to make ourselves whole in mm -hmm. one way or another. When you... Because rates are going to change. We've talked about rates being in the 7% range, but there's usually a margin between what an auto loan rate and what a personal loan rate is. What is that margin that you typically see? Is it 4%, 5%? How much more is somebody going to be paying if they don't have collateralized money or a collateralized loan? Uh, great question. Um, and it really depends on the market, the economy, and the risk associated with what you bring to the table as an applicant. Um, but I would say 5% is a good ballpark figure. 7% mm -hmm. um, compared to 12% is, yeah. is a chunk in a payment per yeah. month. Well, and we're talking about 5%. People are, if you're looking at 7% uh, at an auto loan and feeling down about that, we take that 5% off, we're at 2 So when we look at those margins, trying to get that money collateralized any way that we can is going to be much more beneficial than going at it with a personal loan. Yeah, I agree. What benefits do members get um, by getting a loan here at the credit union? What are the biggest benefits that you see? So first off, we uh, provide a rewards checking account and you collect rewards points to be utilized however you want, much like credit card rewards points. In fact, if you have a credit card with us, a rewards credit card, it's the same bucket. Um, and so if you have an auto loan, you collect points towards those rewards. So um, you get a benefit that way, make your payment on time, you're going to get points. Um, the other thing which 
a lot of consumers forget is they're they're so focused on the actual purchase and the financing of the vehicle and they fail to think about I'm going to begin a relationship or continue or extend a relationship with a financial institution for 60 months, 72 months, 84 months. Um, what's the ease of use? What's the ease of making our payments? What's the ease of getting somebody on the phone if I want to talk to them? Um, so for me, the thing I, I like to talk about about you first is we value you as a member. And we want to make things as convenient as best as possible. So we're going to give you competitive rates right off the front. We're going to give you everything that you want when it comes to financing the vehicle at that very get-go. We're going to provide you a suite of um, products that could help you from a, a debt perspective, a warranty perspective, a gap perspective. But we're making a promise to serve you for that entire term of the loan. Um, so we're going to promise that we're going to have branches that are going to be open. We're going to have, we're going to continue to push technology to make it as easy and convenient for you to do your financial um, obligations or access to your money as possible. Excellent. Good answer. Talk, uh, talk about the rewards checking real quickly. I know that that's something that was released. You talked about it going into the same bucket, having an auto loan. If that's being paid on time, you get that. What is a rewards checking? How does that benefit people? Jeez, you're probably asking the wrong guy because I just know a limited amount of it. That's okay. I know even less than you. <laughs> so let's talk about that real quick. So rewards checking, you talked about it going into the same bucket. Everybody knows about credit card points. What is, Do you get the same type of points? You talked about the same bucket with rewards checking. Yeah, so we've, we basically teamed with the same company that does our rewards points associated with credit cards. So if you have a rewards checking account, it's free, which is awesome. So it's our base product when it comes to checking account. And you're going to start accumulating rewards for certain behaviors, a direct deposit, loan payments. Um, there's a few others. And so you can accumulate a certain amount of points that go into this bucket that if you happen to have a credit card, same rewards, same bucket. So I'm going to get points for spending money on my credit card. I'm going to get points for paying my credit card on time. Um, and then I can turn around and utilize those points for travel, for gift cards, even to repay my credit card if I so choose. Um, so it's a great product. And I, I'm really proud of our, our team for coming together and saying, hey, our consumers want a checking account that provides a benefit to us without charging it for us. Um, back in the day, a lot of credit cards, or excuse me, a lot of checking accounts were, hey, we'll give you these benefits, but if you don't meet our certain requirements, we're going to charge you a fee for it. Mm -hmm. There's no fee on this checking account, Excellent. regardless of what you utilize it for. And then if you happen to use it, you're going to get some benefits for it. When I was younger, I always wanted to get into the credit card points game, but I was always worried about putting money on a credit card because I wanted to make sure that I was being judicious with my budget and everything like that. And I found that to be diff more difficult mm -hmm. with a credit card than with a checking account. This seems to meld those two things together where I can start to be able to build my rewards through my checking account. It doesn't cost me anything and I can stay away from the credit card. Yep. That's, that's precisely it. It's a great benefit. Now you're going to acquire much more points or uh, a lot more points utilizing your credit card. Um, and I know this isn't a, a conversation about credit cards, but we talk about education a lot. Credit cards are a valuable option um, for a lot of things, emergencies, day-to-day -day use, um, but understanding how to use them properly is key, and we'd love to have a conversation with you about it. Um, you can make a lot of points by using your credit card, almost like a debit card. Um, 
or having a, uh, an emergency, you know, everybody is going to run into a situation where they have a water heater go out. Mm -hmm. And that's not one of those things you can say, well, let me save up for the next six months and then I'll buy myself a water heater. Yeah. So credit card has a great place in that, but um, a different conversation for a different time, I hope. Maybe uh, we can talk about credit cards. Yeah, I, I think you talked about the education. We'll, we'll finish up on this. Education is so important. I think about my 20 years that I've been in finance and most of the time when I see people get into a tough spot, it's because of a lack of planning. And even people who are very astute with their finances and they, they do all the things that a, uh, an individual would say that they need to do, they live within their means, they spend less than they make, they're able to save money and that sort of stuff. They have these big ticket items that will pop up and they find themselves a little bit behind the eight ball and they start to struggle. They may make a decision that they don't wanna make because they feel trapped. Mm -hmm. And if they can be able to have credit cards with the proper limits on them, if they can be able to have a home equity line of credit with a proper limit on it, if they can be able to have these things, then if they need to use them, they can be able to use them. Having a credit card with a certain limit, having a home equity line of credit open, it doesn't charge cost you anything mm -hmm. to be able to have those. There's no interest that you're paying, but they're there to be able to utilize in case of an emergency and just really set up a peace of mind for you in all situations. Yeah. Uh, from a consumer perspective, there's a lot of debt options out there. Um, and we want to have a conversation with you about them. And a lot of consumers get in a situation where they, they're smart. Consumers are smart. They know what they're doing for the most part until they don't. Mm -hmm. And they're afraid to reach out and have a conversation. But I would, I would say reach out. Yeah. Reach out to, to your credit union. Reach out to somebody you trust that understands these situations. And then be a little vulnerable. Mm -hmm. um, it's okay then, to say, I don't know. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, one of the, one of the most powerful comments, I think, or, or, or statements is, I don't know. Yeah. And that puts you in a situation where you say you're willing to learn. Well, some people use the word vulnerable. I, I think of it as somebody who actually has comfortability to be able to say, can you go into more detail about mm -hmm. that? I don't quite understand what you're asking. Rather than just give a word salad answer, we're trying to accomplish something for you. So if we ask you a question, you don't understand the question. Can you ask that in a different way? What are, we, what are you trying to get out of my answer that I'm going to give so that we can be able to find proper solutions for you. Yeah, precisely. Um, don't be afraid to share because we're prepared to give you some answers. Yeah. Sometimes those might be tough answers. Yeah. Um, but ultimately we go back to, we want to um, improve the financial lives of our members. Mm -hmm. And to do that, we need to understand you a little bit better. Yeah. Um, and we want to have those conversations with you. Don't yeah. be afraid to ask. Absolutely. It's difficult. I, I think about uh, my father-in-law a lot and when because when he'll call me and I know that he's uneasy in giving me information, but I tell him, I'm like, I have this conversation with eight people today. I'm <laughs> not going to remember hardly anything specific because I take notes on pretty much everything that I'm doing because I have so many conversations with people. When we're asking what your credit score is, there's no judgment that's there. We just need to know what your credit score is so that we can estimate what a rate would be in our scenario that we're going through. One of the things that I talk about with mortgages all the time, if you have a question, a scenario that you want to go through, give me a call and we can be able to go through and ask you, what is your credit score without pulling credit? What is your current debt that you have without pulling credit? And we can draw a pretty good picture on where you're currently at and give you really good estimates so that you can be able to make an informed decision 
We need to verify all of that stuff with an application and with a credit report, but we know the routes that we're going to be going before we get on that, and you can be able to make that informed decision with you and your family. Yeah, and we're, we're talking about things like, hey, we want to know your credit score. A lot of people don't. Mm -hmm. There's a, a lot of technology out there that will help you get that information. Um, from a portfolio standpoint, we have to understand what trends are going on with our portfolio, so we do have access to some of that information. Mm -hmm. We as a credit union are happy to have that conversation, and we do understand the basic situation you are in, uh, but you do need to be honest with us, and you know, it's just like going to a doctor. There's yeah. no point in lying to a doctor because yeah. we're going to give you answers based on what you're telling us, Absolutely. and if you don't tell us the correct information, yeah. Really, that information you're getting from us is pointless. Yeah. Well, and once again, to say I don't know what my credit score is, and one thing that I always ask people is when they tell me their credit score, I ask them where they got it from because there are certain sources that are really, really good. You can go to our website and mm -hmm. with your online banking, and you can see what your FICO score is. That's going to be a really good source to be able to go to. Other sources that you may have an app. Some of those apps may be good, some of them may not be good. And so to be able to talk about those things, where did you get that, give that information, feel comfortable with it. If you can feel comfortable in giving us information, we can feel comfortable in giving you uh, information back and we can be able to start a good dialogue to help you out. Yeah, in fact, I'll jump in right there real quick. In fact, our app doesn't give you a FICO score. Oh, it it gives you a vantage score. Oh, okay. Um, different company, different um, algorithm to find that score. Very similar though. but. In talking of different numbers, I mean, you've got Vantage, you've got two major um, score models out there, I suppose. I wouldn't even say score models, two major um, algorithms to derive numbers or companies that are generating these numbers, FICO and Vantage. And then from there, you've got different models under each one. FICO version 10, version 8, version yeah. 2, version 2 auto, version 8 auto. And then under Vantage, you have Vantage 2, Vantage 3. So there's a lot of scores out there that are trying to do the same thing, which is how secure is this person when mm -hmm. it comes to borrowing money? And go back to education. Let's have a conversation with these. Yeah. What number do you have? Um, what number does the credit union use? We right now use Vantage 4, which is very similar to a FICO score, but it is a different number. I didn't know that a Vantage score and FICO score, I thought that the Vantage was a type of FICO. Yeah. So there are, they are different. Yeah, they are in fact different. And and then you talk about different credit bureaus. You've got Experian, you've got mm -hmm. TransUnion, you have Equifax. Those all could do different numbers. Um, we found that Vantage actually utilizes data from all three bureaus. And so if you get a Vantage 4 from a TransUnion, um, an Equifax, or an Experian, it should be the same number because it's okay. all pulling the same data. That makes sense. But once again, a lot of information out there, and, and it can be scary sometimes. Um, so don't be afraid to, to stop in at a branch. Give us a call. We'll, we're happy to have a conversation. Um, we want to put you in a great situation for not only right here, right now, but in 30 years from now. And that's my favorite time of the day. When I get a phone call from somebody and they're like, I'm really not sure what I, what I need to do, but this is what I'm trying to accomplish. Mm -hmm. That's my favorite phone call to be able to have from somebody so that we can be able to talk about that and I can use my expertise to be able to help them on the road. Kyle, I really appreciate your time today and going through all this stuff with you. Uh, we could talk about a lot of stuff. There's great things that we covered, and I really appreciate your time today. Yeah, it's a great time. Appreciate it. Thank you.